Father, we bless the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. We are called by that name and we function in that name. And we thank you because of the authority that is available to us in that name. And we rejoice because of the union that is available to us in that name. The victory that is available to us in that name. And we thank you that that name is our access. Access into the deep things of God by the Holy Spirit. And so tonight I ask that the eyes of each one's understanding under the sound of my voice be flooded with light. Clarity comes to your people. Your people built up, equipped, edified. Jesus glorified in this service. Nobody lives here the same way they came. We give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Hallelujah. I'd like you to lift your hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together tonight. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. I want to welcome every one of you watching this service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And all the, the listeners around Aquaibom State that are connected to this broadcast tonight by way of FMXL station right here in Aquaibom State. We want to welcome all the radio listeners in tonight. Get ready, guys. We're going to have a blast in the Word of God. And all our house centers and campuses, we're glad to have everybody connected. It's going to be a word feast as together we unveil through the Word of God the revelation of Jesus. I'd like you to grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self. Let's get in the Word. And I'd like you to do me a favor, invite a friend, you know, call somebody, ask some people to hook up to this radio broadcast tonight. It's going to be a powerful time of studying together. Online, all of you on different platforms, Facebook and all of that. Help me share the broadcast. Get more people to hook up. Let's flood the earth with the fragrance of the grace of God. Praise God. All right. Tonight, we are still examining the misunderstood God. We are in part two of this teaching series. The misunderstood understood God. I'd like you to turn your Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So we have established that salvation is faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in Christ Jesus unlocks the Old Testament or faith in Christ Jesus lightens up the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the Holy Scriptures, the Hagios grammar, the Holy Scriptures, the set apart writings or the sacred writings. So brother Paul says to Timothy, from a child you have become acquainted, you have come to a place of appreciation of the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, that the Holy Scriptures have one mission, to make you wise unto salvation, and this salvation is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So we said faith in Christ unlocks or unveils the Old Testament. You know, one of the reasons God can be easily so misunderstood 
One of the reasons why God can be so easily, you know, discredited or suffer character assassination is because many people don't know God by his word. Many people don't know God by his word. The other day I said it is imperative that the Old Testament be explained. The Old Testament must be explained. Observe, he says, that the scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16 now says, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration. The word inspiration is the breath of God and is profitable, profitable, useful or advantageous, number one, for doctrine. The word doctrine is the word didascalia, which is teaching or explanation. The scriptures are profitable only for teaching or explanation. So we said the Old Testament must be explained. It's important. The reason why you will have a picture of a distorted God is when you read the Old Testament and it is not explained. Very important. We have said that the Old Testament shows us man's inconsistent revelation of God. The Old Testament shows us man's inconsistent revelation of God. We said the new covenant is the correct impression of God. Or the new covenant is the express revelation of God in Christ. So that's why we say that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament concealed. We've also established that the Old Testament is Jesus concealed and the New Testament is Jesus revealed. We have also said that the Old Testament is mystery. The New Testament is revelation. Mystery means that which needs explanation, that which requires explanation. So the Old Testament requires explanation. You cannot just read it like that. It's got to be explained. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. Romans chapter 1 verse number 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. So we have established in our investigation of salvation or investigation of God's power that the gospel is the power of God. That the power of God can only be seen within the framework of salvation. That the power of God can only be understood within the framework of his grace. That the power of God can only be understood within the framework of his mercy and his grace. We've also established that the power of God is not for destruction. The power of God is for salvation. Alright? So, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Now, we've taken time to lay some foundation. We have established that you can never know God through the law of Moses. You can never know God through the law of Moses. That's very important. You can never have an express, exact, precise picture of God via the law of Moses. Actually, the law of Moses will give you a distorted religious picture of a God. A God that is agitated. A God that is unstable. A God that is unreliable and a vindictive God. That is the picture that the law of Moses will give you of God. Now, let's establish a few things. The law was given by Moses. John chapter 1 verse 17. 
John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The word given is the Greek word didomai. It means to offer. Moses offered the law to them. Moses offered the law. So the law was given by Moses. John clearly identifies Moses as the giver of the law. In John chapter 1 verse 45. John chapter 1 verse 45. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law. Moses in the law. And the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Moses in the law. That is John's testimony. Look at Jesus' testimony in John chapter 7 verse 19. John chapter 7 verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law? Did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keepeth the law. Why go ye about to kill me? Did not Moses give you the law? So Jesus emphatically established that it was Moses that gave the law. John the apostle established that it was Moses that gave the law. What about brother Paul? Acts chapter 13 verse 39. Acts chapter 13 verse 39. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. By the law of Moses. Acts chapter 15 verse 5. Acts chapter 15 verse 5. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And to command them to keep the law of Moses. Look at Acts 28, 23. Acts chapter 28, verse 23. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. Again, the law is the law of Moses. The law is the law of Moses. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 9. For it is written in the law of Moses. It is written in the law of Moses. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn. That God take care for oxen. It is written in the law of Moses. Not the law of God. The law of Moses. Look at me everybody. The law of Moses. Jesus confirmed, the apostles confirmed that the law is the law of Moses. For the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus. Jesus is not the law. The law of Moses is not Jesus. You didn't hear that. Jesus is not the law of Moses. The law of Moses is not Jesus. For the law was given by Moses. But grace, that is the truth, is by Jesus. Or grace, which is the truth, exists as Jesus. So grace and truth is Jesus. Jesus is God. The law was given by Moses. That is why you can never have a clear revelation of God via the law of Moses. Stay with me. You will find out why in a few minutes. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 15. But even unto this day, 
when Moses is read, and what that means is when the law is read, the veil is upon their heart. So the law of Moses puts a veil on the hearts of people. That is the law of Moses veils people from having an accurate picture of God. The law of Moses puts a veil, casts a shadow, and makes people not to be able to see God expressly. Because the law of Moses is a veil. Please stay with me. Now look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 28. Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 28. He that despised Moses' law. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy. Under two or three witnesses. He that despised Moses' law died. He that despised Moses' law died. That cannot be God. God does not give you what kills. God gives life. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. Titus chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. Next verse. Which God or in hope of eternal life, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So God's promise is life. God's promise is life. But he that does not obey the law of Moses died without mercy. The law of Moses. Now, remember, the people made Moses their mediator. It was not God that made Moses a mediator over Israel. It was Israel who asked for Moses to be their mediator. Exodus chapter 20 verse 18. Stay with me. Exodus chapter 20 verse 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain shaking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Next verse. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. So the people appointed Moses their mediator. That was not the plan of God for them. The plan of God for them was for them to have direct access to God. For them to speak with God directly. So he can relate to them as his children and they can relate with him as a father. But they said no to God. And God does not force anybody. God gives you choices and he leaves you to make your choice. However, he advises you on which choice to make for your own good. So the people appointed Moses their mediator. That means they never heard from God. The people under Moses never heard from God. Because they said they don't want to hear God. Moses should be the one to talk to God on their behalf. And whatever Moses told them, they will accept. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Wherefore then, served the law, it was added. The law was not God's original plan. The law was added. God's original plan was the promise of life before the world began. But the law was added because of transgressions. Or the law was added in reaction to men's transgressions. So the law is reactionary. The law is reactionary. The law was added because of transgression. Put it up again. The law was added because of transgressions, Galatians 3.19. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. 
So there was a promise before the law. So the law was an interruption of the promise. What was that promise? It was the promise of eternal life which God gave to man before the world began. But because man rejected the promise, so Moses in response to man's rebellion gave man the law. Please stay with me. Gave man the law. So you can never really know God by the law of Moses or via the Old Testament. Oh, listen carefully. The law principally was not given to the Gentiles. It was given to the Jews. It was given to the Jews because they were going to the promised land. So Moses gave them 613 laws. 613 laws. Since they have rejected the, the, the promise of eternal life, he gave them 613 laws to go and observe in Canaan. Look at it in scripture, Leviticus 26, 46. Leviticus 26, 46. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between him and the children of Israel in Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. So it was Moses that gave them that law in Mount Sinai. Moses gave them that law in Mount Sinai. It was not God that gave them the law. It was Moses and he gave the law to the children of Israel. Because they were going to the promised land. Please stay with me. Look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 21. Pay attention. Galatians chapter 4 verse 21. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? Do you not hear the law? 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. Next verse. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Next verse. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Which gendered to bondage. The law of Moses is the law of bondage. It was given on Mount Sinai, which is Agar. Look at the next verse, 25. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answered to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Look at the next verse. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Alright, look at the next verse. Give me the next verse, 28. 28. Verse 28. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Next verse. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Mount Sinai is persecuting Zion. Mount Sinai, the law of Moses, is persecuting Zion, which is where God is. Pay attention. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18. For you are not come unto the mouth that might be touched and that born with fire nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. That's Sinai. Next verse. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. Which voice they that heard entreated that they should not be spoken to them anymore. Next verse. For they could not endure that which was commanded, Mount Sinai. And if so much as a beast touch the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. Next verse. 
And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Even Moses was afraid. You are not come to that mount, that mount Sinai. Look at verse 18 again. 12, 18 before 22. 12 verse 18. For you are not come unto that mount. That's not where you're come. Give me verse 22 now. Hebrews 12, 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. So if you observe, God is only mentioned in Zion. God is not mentioned in Sinai. Because Sinai was the operation of Moses. Zion is the operation of God. You are come to Mount Zion. Put up that scripture again for me. You are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Next verse. You are come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all. To the spirits of just men made perfect. Next verse. You are come to Jesus. Jesus is in Zion. God is in Zion. The mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling. That speaketh better things than that of Abel. Stay with me. Now. So. We have established that the law was not given by God. And it was principally given to the children of Israel. Look at Romans chapter 2 verse 14. Romans chapter 2 verse number 14. For when the Gentiles which have not the law. When the Gentiles which have not the law. Because the law is not given to the Gentiles. Do by nature the things contained in the law. These having not the law are a law unto themselves. 15. Verse 15. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness. And their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Next verse. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. That at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the covenant wealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. So the law was given to the Israelites on their way to the promised land. Now observe and see why the law is not given by God. And observe and see why you can never know God by the law of Moses. And remember when we are talking about the law of Moses, we are talking about the Old Testament. Alright? Now observe carefully. The law gives sin consciousness. The law gives sin consciousness. Romans 3.20 the law gives sin consciousness. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. That cannot be God. That cannot be God. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law brings a consciousness of sin. Number two, the law is the strength of sin. The law is the strength of sin. First Corinthians 15.56 the law is the strength of sin. First Corinthians 15, 56. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. That cannot be God. The strength of sin is the law. The law provokes sinful desire. The law provokes sinful desire. Romans chapter 7 verse 5. Romans chapter 7 verse 5. For when we were in the flesh... 
the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto God. The law provokes sinful desire. The law also projects sin. Romans 5.20 The law projects sin. Romans 5.20 Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The mission of the law is that the offense might abound. It projects sin. The law of Moses. The law also brings wrath. When you hear the wrath of God, the law brings wrath. Romans chapter 4 verse 15. It was the arrival of the law that brought wrath. Because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Where no law is, there is no transgression. So the law worketh wrath. The law worketh wrath. The law also brings death. The law brings death. That cannot be God. Romans chapter 7 verse 10. Romans chapter 7 verse 10. A lot of scriptures good for your health. And the commandment which was ordained to be life. I found to be unto death. The commandment that was supposed to bring life brought death. The law also produces causes to anyone who does not keep it. For anyone who does not keep it, but if you are going to keep it, you must keep it in full. Galatians 3.10 Galatians chapter 3 verse number 10 For as many as are of the works of the law are under the cause. For it is written, Cause is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So you must do all of them. Why? James chapter 2 verse 10. James chapter 2 verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. He is guilty of breaking all. He is guilty of breaking all. 613 regulations of the Ten Commandments. And if you fail in one, you fail in all. So the, the mission is so that it can produce causes. Look at the law also is of works. Romans 3.27 The law is of works. Pay attention. Romans 3.27 Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? That's the law of Moses. No. But by the law of faith. So the law is of works. The law is of works. The law is also powerless to save. The law cannot save. That cannot be God because God's mission is to save. But the law cannot save. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 9. The law cannot save. Which was a figure for the, for, for the time then present. In which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. It cannot produce life. Look at Hebrews 10 4. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. The blood of bulls and of goats was what, what Moses gave them under the law. They were to bring animal sacrifices every day. I mean every year to cover for their sins. And the writer of Hebrews says it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. So there was no point for it. Meaning the law 
could not achieve God's purpose because the law didn't come from God, it came from Moses. The law is a shadow, a skier. Romans, I mean Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. The law is a shadow for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never. The law can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commas thereunto perfect. It can never. The law cannot produce perfect people. The law is opposed to faith. The law is opposed to faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 12. Galatians chapter 3 verse 12. And the law is not of faith. And without faith you cannot please God. That is why the law is not the law of God. It is the law of Moses. The law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. The man that doeth them shall live in them. The law is weak. Romans chapter 8 verse 3. The law is weak. For what the law could not do. In that it was weak through the flesh. What the law could not do. That cannot be God. So that is why God sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Condemned sin in the flesh. For sin condemned sin in the flesh. So the law is weak. That is why Jesus came. The law makes nothing perfect. The law makes nothing perfect. Look at Hebrews 7.19. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect. The law made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a better hope did. By the which we draw nigh unto God. The law made nothing perfect. The law has no mercy. The law has no mercy. And God is merciful. His mercy endures forever. But the law has no mercy. That is why the law is not from God. The law is from Moses. Hebrews 10.28 Hebrews 10.28 He that despised Moses' law died without mercy. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy. So the law cannot be of God. Take note of this. The law covers the heart with a veil. The law of Moses blocks people from seeing Christ. The law of Moses keeps people in a place of pride. The law of Moses robs people of the revelation of Jesus. The book of 2 Corinthians 3.15 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 15 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 15 But even unto this day when Moses is read the veil is upon their heart. Up till this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. There is a veil upon their heart. That is why the law cannot be of God. Because God cannot veil you from knowing him. God wants you to know him. But the law of Moses, remember, it was an interruption. It was added. Number two, remember, the law was reactionary. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, gave you the law. But from the beginning, that was not the plan of God. So the law was an interruption. That is why in Brother Paul's argument, he said the promise, even though the law came after, cannot disannul 
that it should make the promise of God, which is life in Christ, of none effect. Are we still in the building? Stay with me. Let's move on a little more. The law cannot give life. Galatians 3.21 The law cannot give life. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, if the law of Moses could have given life, verily, righteousness should have been by the law. Righteousness should have been by the law. If there was a law that will give life, righteousness should have been by the law, not by Christ. The law is not for the righteous. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 8. The law is not for the righteous. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Next verse. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. The law is not made for a righteous man. That means the law is not for us. Look at me everybody. The law is not made for the righteous man. But you are the righteousness of God. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11. First Corinthians 6 11. And such were some of you. But you are washed. Glory to God. But you are sanctified. But you are justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the spirit of our God. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. God made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We are God's righteousness. The law is not made for the righteous. So the law of Moses is not for us. Jesus has fulfilled the law. Matthew 5 17. Jesus has put a death nail and retired the law of Moses. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The word fulfill means to meet its demands. Jesus came to meet the demands of the law and take it out of the way. So it is no more a barrier between man and God. So therefore being justified by faith, not by the law, by faith in Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus by whom we have access into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice. We stand in grace. We have access by faith, not by the works of the law anymore. Because Jesus has fulfilled the demands of the law and retired the law of Moses. Look at Luke 24, 44. Luke 24, 44. These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things, all things must be fulfilled. All things must be fulfilled. Which were written in the law of Moses. And in the prophets. And in the Psalms concerning me. So Jesus fulfilled every demand of the law. Acts chapter 3 verse 18. Acts chapter 3 verse 18. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he had so fulfilled. He had so fulfilled. So Jesus has fulfilled all the demands of the law. Therefore, the law is obsolete. 
The law is obsolete. Hebrews 8.13 The law is obsolete. Hebrews 8.13 In that he saith, A new covenant. He hath made the first old. Now, that which decayeth and waxeth away is ready to vanish away. The law is obsolete. It has been made to vanish away. Therefore, we are delivered from the law. Romans chapter 7 verse 6. We are delivered from the law. But now, we are delivered from the law. But now, we are delivered from the law. That being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the later. And not in the oldness of the later. We are dead to the law. We are dead to the law. Romans 7, 4. We are dead to the law. Romans 7, 4. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. That you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We are dead to the law. Galatians 2.19 Galatians 2.19 We are dead to the law. For I through the law am dead to the law. I through the law am dead to the law. That I might live unto God. I am dead to the law of Moses. That I might live unto God. We are, we are, we are not under the law. We are not under the law. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. We are not under the law. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. You are not under the law, but under grace. The law has been nailed to the cross. The law has been nailed to the cross. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. The law has been nailed to the cross. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. The law and his ordinances have been nailed to the cross of Jesus. Christ abolished the law in his flesh. Christ abolished the law in his flesh. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15. Many scriptures good for your health. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twin one new man so making peace. The law has been changed. The law has been changed for us. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 12. For the priesthood being changed. Give me the pretext. Let's start from verse 10. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 10. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him talking of, 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 of Isaac. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. Under the priesthood of Levi, the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? Okay, so there was no perfection in Aaron. 
For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Next verse. For he of whom these things are spoken pertained to another tribe of which no man gave attendance of the altar. Jesus didn't come from Levi. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. So the priesthood has changed. Therefore, the law has changed. The priesthood has changed. Therefore, the law has changed. So like brother Paul, Romans 8 verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I am free from the law of Moses. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am in the law of life. God promised life before the foundation of the world in the gospel. And Christ is the end of the law. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Christ is the end of the law. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Glory. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. I thought somebody would shout glory. Now, based on that, it is not possible for you to know God under the law. It is not possible for you to know God under the law. That is why the law is called the doctrine of man. The doctrine of man. Because Moses gave it to man because of the hardness of the heart. Look at it in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Next verse. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving next verse beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men that is the law of Moses the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ so if it is the law of Moses that is preached to you it is not Christ that is preached to you because you cannot have the traditions of men and have Christ. So beware, lest anybody spoil you. You are only confused if you are ever confused at all. Because you wanted to stay in the Old Testament and believe without explaining it. The Old Testament must be explained. And part of that explanation is what I am taking time to do exegesis. And bring clarity to you on this misunderstood God within the confines of the Old Testament. Look at Jeremiah 31, 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the day is come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. A new one. Next verse. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day 
that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. Now remember, most times in the Old Testament, when they say, saith the Lord, or the Lord said, or God said, most of them were angels. Most of them were angels. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels, that's the Old Testament, was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. So under angelic operations, there was judgment and, and destruction for every disobedience. Look at the next verse, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? The Lord spoke salvation. Angels spoke recompense of reward, punishment. So when angels are on, in operation, you will see disasters, destructions, and punishment. When God is in operation, you will see salvation. You will see redemption. And you will see preservation. Is it clear? So, the law is the opposite of God's operation. Look at that Jeremiah again. Chapter 31, verse 31 to 32. Pay attention. Behold, the day is come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Next verse. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. Now pay attention. Listen carefully. Who brought them out of the land of Egypt? Moses. Moses. And the angel who delivered them. It was Moses and angels that brought them out of Egypt. Look at Acts 7.35. Acts chapter 7 verse 35. This Moses, whom they refused saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. So, in the land of Egypt, the movement out of Egypt was an oppression of Moses and the angels. So, it is not as if God changed pattern like he used to relate with them in the Old Testament. No. The Old Testament didn't come from God. The Old Testament, listen carefully, listen carefully. And when I'm talking of the Old Testament, I'm ho I hope you know that the Old Testament is not books. And the New Testament is not books. The Old Testament is a relationship with God that is predicated on human performance. The New Testament is a relationship with God that is predicated on what Christ has done. So the Old Testament, which was given by man in response to man's rebellion, didn't come from God. Who was the mediator of the Old Testament? Moses. Who appointed Moses mediator? The people. Remember that? Now, he knew his own mediator. Moses knew that his own mediator was Jesus. Since they didn't know that Jesus was their mediator, and they didn't want Moses, they didn't want, you know, Jesus to be their mediator, so they made Moses their mediator. And they used the inconsistency of Moses and their own inconsistencies to define God.
to define God. We're going to do some work in a few minutes. Pay attention. The law of Moses was a reactionary law. Moses, in Matthew 19.8, because of the hardness of your hearts, gave you the law. The hardness of your hearts. Now, we're going to Hebrews, but listen. God cannot make a covenant that will not find fault. God cannot make a covenant that will find fault. God is not a fault finder. So he cannot make a covenant that will find fault. But the Old Testament was finding fault. God does not find fault. You cannot find fault finding from someone who does not find fault. And you know, Jesus submitted himself to a man-made covenant. You will call that weakness, but that is the love of God. The, 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 the weakness of God is stronger than men. That is the love of God. Now, remember, what the early Christians used to have, what they used to have as normal church service, is what today is called Bible school. People say, why are you teaching as if you are in Bible school? The church ought to be a Bible school. The mission of the church is to equip you. The word equip means to make you fit so you can do the work of ministry. The church is not an entertainment center. The church is a teaching house, a perfecting house. Alright? Now look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 7. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Next verse. For finding fault with them, so since the old covenant was a fault finder, for finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So the old covenant found fault. Look at verse 9. Verse 9. Hebrews 8, 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, save the Lord. 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, save the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. In the new covenant, look at the next verse. In the new covenant, they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Why? Next verse. For I will be merciful. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Who took them by the hand out of Egypt? Of course, Moses and the angels. Was there not a promise before they left Egypt? There was a promise of God communicated to them, but they rejected it. Did Moses believe God's promise? Yes. He was justified by faith. Moses never used the temple for anything. He spoke to God directly. He didn't need the, he didn't need the medium, the temple. He asked them to speak to Aaron. Since they didn't want to speak to God. Moses 
if you know the story, married an Ethiopian woman and Miriam and Aaron attacked him and an angel told all of them to step aside. In the scripture it said God came down but it was an angel. An angel told them step aside and he gave Miriam leprosy. And the angel said, I speak to Moses face to face. That was in God. God never spoke to Moses face to face. That was an angel. That's how you know it was an angel, not God. Now look at Exodus 33, 18. Pay attention. Exodus 33, 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Next verse. And he said, thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. So when he says, I speak to Moses face to face. It cannot be God at all. What God was saying is, Moses, you can't see my face. Wait for the incarnation. There is a time when God's face will appear. That's why Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the Lord. The incarnation had a time when it was going to happen. That's why I say, when the fullness of time. That is why when Moses says, show me your face, God said, no, you cannot see my face because there is an appointed time for it. Look at Numbers 12, 5 to 9. Stay with me. Numbers chapter 12, verse 5 to 9. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the tabernacle, in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth. Next verse. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not, is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth. Already that makes you know that that Lord in Numbers 12 was an angel. Because God and Moses never spoke mouth to mouth. Even apparently. And not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against Moses? These were angels in operation. Remember Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels was tephas. Did you see the way action happened quickly to Miriam? She became leprous. The word spoken by angels was tephas. And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. It was sharp, sharp under angelic oppression. Question. Who gave the law? Moses. By angels. The word spoken by angels. In Hebrews 3, 5, it says Moses was faithful in his house. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Next verse. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we? You are not Moses' house. You are Christ's house. That is why you are not under the law of Moses. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. So it says Moses was faithful in his house. So when they did not believe his preaching, he gave them a house where they will be entering the tabernacle. 
Moses gave them a house because they didn't believe the gospel. So he now gave them a physical building. Moses himself didn't go to that temple. He was dealing with heavenly things while they were dealing with earthly stuff. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. Hebrews 3 6. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Stay with me. Now look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Look at the kind of people Moses was dealing with. Take it brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Look at verse 15. These are the kind of people Moses was dealing with. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. These are the people Moses was dealing with. Give me verse 17. Verse 17, 18, and 19. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was he not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? 18. And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. They could not enter in because of their unbelief. Did the law require faith? No. It only requires works. What requires believing? The gospel. The gospel required faith. So in your study, you must make the distinction between what requires faith and what requires law, works. That distinction defines the New Testament from the Old Testament. The New Testament is of faith. The Old Testament is of works. And by the works shall no man be justified. Being justified by faith. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Hebrews 10 26. Hebrews 10 26. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, pay attention, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. 27. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. That scripture is not for believers. It's for adversaries. People that oppose the gospel. People that oppose the gospel. If we preach and you reject the gospel, there's no more sacrifice for you. But a fearful indignation which shall devour those that oppose the gospel. That scripture is like Ezekiel 36, 5. Ezekiel 36, verse 5. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the hidden and against all Edomians which have appointed my land into their possession with the joy of all their heart, which despite full minds to cast it out for a prey. Look at 28 of that 36 Ezekiel. 28. Ezekiel 36, 28. And you shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. 29. I will also save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call for the corn. I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. Give me verse 35. I mean 25. Ezekiel 36, 25. 
Therefore, will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. It is the same thing in Hebrews 2, 2 and 3. Same thing. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect? If we neglect so great salvation. Those three scriptures are saying the same thing. Hebrews 10, 26, 27. Ezekiel 36, 28, 29. Hebrews 2, 2 to 3. How shall you escape from the law if you neglect the gospel of grace which frees you from Moses' judgment? Jesus came to save. Salvation means you will not be punished. Salvation means you will not be punished. So when you see, like I said on Sunday, when you see Elohim or God in the Old Testament, you have much of man and angels referred to as Elohim. It's like John, Job chapter 1. You know the story of Job. Job chapter 1 verse 5. Look at Job 1 5. Just pay attention to something. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered bond offerings, offered bond offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and caused God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So the question I'm asking Job is, Job, when the book of Job was written, there was no law of Moses. What was Job's yardstick for defining sin? It's just an assumption. Job was just walking by assumption. Job was written. When Job existed, there was no law of Moses. So what was Job's yardstick for defining sin? What did he use to define it? Because historically, there was no law of Moses when Job operated. And the same Job now will say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Another assumption of Job. Because in Job 42, verse 5 and 6, Job said, everything I said was a rumor. I'm not sure of everything I have said. Even the Lord giveth and has taken away is another assumption of Job. And at the end of the day, he said, everything I said was a rumor. It was a rumor. You know, I would love to put on Facebook broadcast from tomorrow, from tomorrow, so that it will aid in understanding things I'll be teaching. Because tomorrow evening, we'll have another service here at 5 p.m., and then on Sunday, first and second service. So that you will be aided in understanding what I'm teaching at this time. From tomorrow, 12 noon, they will interrupt the present broadcast. And they will start airing, knowing God beyond superstition. Knowing God beyond superstition. Every 12 noon, GMT plus one every day from tomorrow. Because there are some things I want you to hear in that teaching. So that you will listen to it and listen to this. So that you will come to a place of clarity. Knowing God beyond superstition. That's very critical. And in that teaching, those of you listening on radio, if you're not on Facebook, try and get on Facebook tomorrow. Information is dangerous. It's important. And if you don't know how to get on Facebook, if you call this number, we will tell you what to do. 070-070-369-18642. 070-070-369-18642. 
070-369-18642. For those on radio, if you call, you will be told how to hook up to Facebook so that tomorrow you can join the teaching from 12 noon and follow and then be in the service tomorrow on Facebook by 5 p.m. Now, please stay with me. Job made a disclaimer. Job made a disclaimer to his teachings in Job 42 verse 5. Because God's goodness is unconditional. Even after all the things Job has said in 42 chapters, God still showed Job mercy. Because God's mercy is unconditional. Do you know that Job called God Satan? Job called God Satan. In Job 121. Yeah. Because he was operating by assumption. Or rather he called Satan God. Yes. He called Satan God. Job called Satan God. Okay. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. It was Satan that did that. But Job called Satan God. Because Job was operating by assumption. Job did not have revelation knowledge. Satan means an adversary. Someone who brings an accusation against you. Now, stay with me. Romans one twenty four. Romans one twenty four. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the loss of their hearts. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. He gave them to what they wanted in their hearts. Look at verse 18. Romans one eighteen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What is, what is the wrath of God revealed? The wrath of God is revealed. What is that wrath? Look at Romans 1, 24 to 28 for clarity. 1, 24 to 28. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the loss of their own hearts. Through the loss of their own hearts. That means God granted them what they chose or what their choice was. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worship and serve the creature more than the creator, the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, bond in their loss one toward another. Men with men, walking that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That's the rot. The rot is that God allowed them to follow the lust of their minds. To do those things which are not convenient. So the rot of God there is that he allowed them to do what they wanted to do. He allowed them to have their way. That's the wrath of God, which is actually the love of God. So question, is the wrath of God an action or an inaction? 
and inaction. He allowed them to have what they wanted. So what you call the wrath of God, which is man-made, is actually the inaction of God because God does not force people. He said before you choice and he advises you. However, whatever choice you make, God will respect it. How many of you remember, I've told you before, that God can even love you enough to let you go to hell. Yeah, because the love of God does not insist on its own. The love of God does not insist on its own. So the wrath of God is not disaster. The wrath of God is the love of God. The wrath of God is when men reject God's power. When men reject God's power, God withdraws. The resultant effect of their choice is what we call wrath of God. So, it's a figure of speech. It's a figure of speech. Now, let's quickly deal with something. Let's look at the Red Sea. Question, who held Israel in captivity? Pharaoh. Who killed the firstborns of Egypt? Because there were two killings. The firstborns, babies, and then the firstborns on the Passover. Who killed the children in Exodus 1? Pharaoh. Who killed the firstborn children in Egypt on that night? An angel. The question is, how do you prove it? Look at Exodus 12.29. Exodus 12.29. And it came to pass, please pay attention, if you miss this, you shouldn't have come to service. And it came to pass that at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. Did you see the Lord there? The Lord smote. Next verse. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one that was dead. Was it really the Lord that killed the firstborns? No. Look at Hebrews 11.28. The New Testament interprets the Old Testament. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. So there was a destroyer hiding behind the scenes. There was a destroyer who killed the firstborns. God's job was to preserve and protect those who believed him. But there was a destroyer who destroyed the firstborn of Egypt. Let me give you another one. Pay attention. Numbers 21 verse 4. Numbers 21 verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Next verse. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And I was so loathed this light bread. Next verse. And the Lord sent fiery serpents. Observe. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they beat the people. And much people of Israel died. The Lord sent. Are you observing? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 8. The New Testament interprets the Old Testament. Second, I mean 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 8. 
Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Next verse. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Next verse. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Of the destroyer. So the person that destroyed them in Numbers 21 verse 4 to 10 was the destroyer. The destroyer is, is the destroyer who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Remember, angels were part of this operation. They were destroyed not of God, but of the destroyer. Of the destroyer. Are you still in the building? So, whoever he is, that destroyer is not God. Forty years of the hardness of their hearts and all manner of angelic drama. So, who destroyed the firstborns in Egypt? An angel did that. What did God do? God's role was rescue. Rescue. God's power there was salvation. Faith in Christ kept them from him that destroyed. So who killed the Jews in Egypt? Pharaoh. What did God do? He protected. What did they tell Pharaoh? They lied that the Hebrew women always delivered fast. They lied. And yet, even that they lie, the Bible calls it faith. You didn't hear that. That they lie, the Bible calls it faith. Because they lied by faith to preserve the lives of people. Look at Hebrews 11.23. Hebrews 11.23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. They hid him against the commandment of the king. And the New Testament calls it faith. Let me ask you a question. Where Rahab, Rahab the harlot, are you here? Okay. Where Rahab told the king she didn't know where the spies were. Meanwhile, the spies were hiding in her room. She is the one that opened the window for them to escape. Yet she said she didn't know where the spies was. That was an act of faith because the New Testament calls it faith. Hebrews 11.31 Hebrews 11.31 By faith the hallowed Rahab perished not with them that believe not when she had received the spies with peace. So that act was an act of faith and God used that faith to protect them. How did God protect them? Exodus 14.19 How did God protect them? Exodus 14.19 And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Next verse. And it came between the camp of Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to those so that the one came not near the other all the night. God built a wall of protection 
between Israel and Egypt. That is God's role. He protected. God protects. God protects. Observe. The pillar of cloud and pillar of fire did not kill anybody or hurt anybody because that was the operation of God's salvation. How many soldiers did God kill in Egypt? None. Who parted the Red Sea? Moses. Moses. He was a servant over his house. Who closed up the Red Sea? Moses. Did Moses need to have closed up the Red Sea? No. Because if you observe, when they got to the middle of the sea and their chariot wheels were beginning not to move, they made up their mind to go back. The Egyptians decided to go back. But Moses decided to take vengeance on them and made the sea to swallow them. It was Moses' vindictive nature. He took vengeance on them. Where was Satan all along? Satan was hiding behind the scene and operating through men. Satan was hiding behind the scenes and operating through men. Let me give you another one. Exodus 16 verse 2. Exodus 16 verse 2. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Next verse. And the children of Israel said unto him, Will to God we are died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt? When we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Next verse. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread. Who said the Lord? Said the Lord unto Moses. I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall gather out, go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Next verse. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Next verse. And Moses and Aaron said unto the children of Israel, At even, then you shall know that the Lord had brought you out from the land of Egypt. Next verse. And in the morning, then you shall see the glory of the Lord for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord and what are we that you murmur against us? Eight. And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to, to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses is intimidating them. Pay attention. Next verse. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. Next verse. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Next verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Next verse. I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So now, Moses and Aaron kept telling them, It was God, it was God talking, it was God talking. The bread was going to come from heaven. Look at John 6.31. John 6.31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. That bread and manna that Moses was giving you didn't come from heaven. It didn't come from heaven. This is Jesus talking. That bread and manna didn't come from heaven. Give me that 31 again. John 6, 31. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Next verse. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. 33. For the bread of God is he. Glory. The bread of God is he. The bread of God is he. It's a person which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Next verse. Then said they unto him, Evermore, Lord, give us this bread. Give us this bread evermore. Give us this bread evermore. So from the things we have taught you tonight, in the Old Testament, there were misconceptions, communications in the name of God that the New Testament corrected. So you cannot know the exactness of God in the Old Testament. That is why Jesus came, took up flesh to reveal God to us in his personality. And I'm excited from tomorrow we'll begin to explore the nature of God. And in understanding God's nature, we will bust a lot of myths that were written in the Old Testament in the name of God. We will bust many things tomorrow. It's going to be very explosive at 5 p.m. GMT plus one. You want to invite more people? Moses gave you not that bread that comes from heaven. This is the bread that comes from heaven. The bread of God is a he. The bread of God is a person. So you cannot know God in the law. You can only know God in Christ. Jesus is the exact revelation of God in humanity. Stand on your feet. Let's close this service. What a service tonight. Ooh, are you blessed tonight? Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, I declare revelation knowledge grows big in the heart of everyone listening to this broadcast. Revelation knowledge like never before. The eyes of your understanding flooded with light. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus name. Amen. Now listen, stay with me. Those of you on radio, I'm about to let you go. But listen carefully. All of you on radio, I want you to send me, I want to give all of you a daily message. I want to send a free message on daily basis to you for the next 30 days. Free. A free message every day. I want to send it to every one of you listening to me on radio every day. To get that message freely sent to your phone, all you need to do for me is send me your, your WhatsApp number. Your WhatsApp number. Text your WhatsApp number to me. Just send a text and say, I want to receive one free message from Dr. Damina every day for the next one month. This is my WhatsApp number. Send the WhatsApp number to 70 369-18642 Text that number now and from tomorrow you can get a free message from me for the next one month. For free. 
070-369-18642. Glory to God. Now, tomorrow at 5 p.m., we're going to have another great service. Everybody grab an offering. We want to give in honor of God's word. We want to give in honor of this ministry. We want to give in honor of the labor that comes from this house. And we want to give so that the word of God continues to spread all over the nations. Wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, if you're listening on radio, if you're a member of this church or you believe in what we're doing, you can also call that number. The numbers that will be read to you for prayer counseling, you can call the number. We'll give you the account to send in your offerings. And if you're listening, you don't belong to this church or the church where you belong to, send your offering to your pastor. Tell him I ask you to do so. Everybody else in our house centers, campuses, online, grab your offerings tonight. We want to give and honor Jesus. We give in season. We give out of season. We give all the time as our worship to Jesus Christ. Lift up your offerings tonight, Father. We give in faith. And we thank you for everyone whose heart is teared up to honor this word. And honor the teaching and preaching of your word. And honor our collective assignment to flood the earth with the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. As we bring clarity upon clarity to the teaching of your word, thank you that your people are built up and edified. We give in faith our offerings, our investments, our partnership rises before you a sweet smell. And we give you praise for the opportunity to honor Jesus and honor all that he has done for us. Thank you tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for giving. Thank you for honoring Christ. And thank you for making, you know, your resources available so we do the work that is ours in Christ Jesus. Remember, every offering you give to this ministry, you will have the reward of it before the Lord Jesus. Souls will be saved and brought to the kingdom of God. And thank you for giving. Let me quickly mention tomorrow, we're here again at 5 p.m., GMT plus one. We'll be here tomorrow. Then Sunday I continue on the nature of God. Under the misunderstood God. It's going to be very exciting because we're going to open up a number of things and put them in perspective so that you're not in any doubt concerning the consistent character of Abba Father. Hallelujah. We love you guys. All our house centers. We live in the hands of the able pastors. They're going to tell you what to do and they're going to close the service right there in the houses. Our campuses, we live in the abundance of coordinators. Everybody else, we love you. It's a pleasure honoring and serving you the grace of God. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And don't forget, 12 noon, we start broadcasting, knowing God beyond superstition. Enjoy your evening and be blessed. Amen. Praise God forevermore.